that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Using a financial advisor is one of the best ways to make sure you're on track for a comfortable retirement. A trusted advisor can also help you answer complex money questions, such as whether you should buy a home, get a business loan, or settle zombie debt. But knowing which type of financial advisor you should work with can be confusing. There are many different investment firms and advisors with different designations to choose from. Even if you don't think you need a financial advisor right now, it's really wise to understand the types of services they offer, how they get paid, and how to check their background and any complaints filed against them. So I hope you'll stay with me. I've got a great show coming up. Welcome to the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams, a leading personal finance and small business expert and award-winning author. I've been hosting this show since 2008, and I am thrilled to have you as a listener. No matter what you want to achieve with your money, it all starts with financial education. That's what this show is all about. It's for everyone, no matter your age, who wants more financial wellness, knowledge, tips, and down-to-earth practical advice. My goal is to help you live a healthy and rich life by making the most of what you have, planning wisely for the future, and making smart money decisions. Being a wise money manager and building wealth is a marathon, not a sprint. I always say that. If you're feeling frustrated about not being where you want to be with your finances, or maybe even you're doing great, but you have questions about things like credit, debt, retirement, investing, insurance, taxes, real estate, business, money mindset, and lots more, you are in the right place. We cover all of those topics at Money Girl. Thanks again so much for tuning in. I am really honored that you're here. You're taking your valuable time to listen to today's show. I'm really excited about it because I've got a great interview for you. To get clarity on what you should know about working with a financial advisor, I interviewed Rita Cheng, CFP. She's the CEO of Blue Ocean Global Wealth, an investment advisory firm that strives to be a trusted partner and educational resource. Rita is also an editorial review board member at Finder.com, a comparison site helping consumers make better financial decisions. I think you'll enjoy our conversation and come away with a better understanding of what it's like to work with an advisor if you haven't worked with one before and how to get started. We cover how your goals determine if you need an advisor and which type. 
if you need to be wealthy to work with an advisor, the different types of fees that advisors charge, who is an excellent candidate to work with a financial advisor. We talk about the differences between robo-advisors and traditional financial advisors. We cover where to find potential advisors and how to check their backgrounds. And we suggest some questions that you should ask a potential financial advisor before working with them. All right, here's my conversation with Rita. Rita, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am really excited to talk about financial advisors. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm so excited to be here. First of all, tell me a little bit about you and your position. You're the CEO of Blue Ocean Global Wealth. You're also a CFP. So tell us a little bit about what that means. What is a CFP, first of all? Sure. So I am a CFP professional. So that's a certified financial planner, or sometimes we say CFP pro. To earn CFP certification, I think it's important to talk about the four E's. So the first E is there is an education requirement, curriculum, and topic areas that one must master. So that's the first E, education. Then there's an experience component. You do need to have experience working with clients. That could even be on a pro bono basis, you know, if you're doing this work for a community-based organization. The third E would be examination. So once you um, satisfy your education requirements, um, you can take the examination. And the last E, which I think is really important, is the ethics. CFP certification is not one and you're done. Yes, passing the certification exam is really important, but every two years, CFP professionals must have 30 hours of continuing education, two of which are ethics. And that ethics component I told you about, you need to make sure that you satisfy the ethics background screening, as well as the continuing education and ethics requirement on a biannual basis. I am founder and CEO of Blue Ocean Global Wealth. We are a financial planning and investment advisory firm. So what that means is we actually start with planning first, then we talk about investments. I love it. Okay, so if someone is listening and thinking, I'm not sure if I need a financial advisor or a planner, what would you, what advice would you give them to know, you know, even if they are really, let's say, suitable to work with an advisor or a planner? Is there anybody who is unsuitable to work with a financial professional? Well, I believe financial planning is for everybody, whether you are a recent grad or you are enjoying retirement. Many times people use the terminology financial advisor and financial planner. I mean, I'm a financial advisor who happens to be a financial planner, but I think it's really important to first think about, you know, what help you want, and then you can ask them certain questions. So some topics to discuss is what services do you offer? So if you, as an example, are wondering, you know, what is the best way to save for college and retirement at the same time? Yes, you need to invest your money, but you may want some financial planning advice 
do I save more for retirement? Have I saved enough for college? The other thing that I think to think about is what is your approach? Do you want to manage your money yourself or would you like to have someone do that for you? So I think this is important to think about what help are you looking for? And then not only what are you looking for, but how do you want to work with your advisor? Right. So let's say someone is thinking, well, I've got a retirement plan at work and I don't have that much money to invest. Maybe they're not even maxing out their retirement plan at work. But you're saying maybe they're thinking about starting a family or maybe they're thinking about some other financial goals. Maybe it's buying a home. You're saying working with a financial planner could be a really good way to kind of look at the big picture of what your goals are and where you're going. So have I got that right? A a planner might be the first place to start in terms of your overall strategy? You got it. And this is where things can get kind of confusing because people can pay for financial advice in several ways. Some people may pay a fee based on a percentage of investable assets. But if a lot of your money is in a 401k, that may not be appropriate for you. It doesn't mean you don't want to pay for advice. It's just that model may not work. You can also pay an hourly fee or a fee for the engagement. And what is gaining a lot of traction is like a subscription fee, like a fee for advice. So, I think it's important to know that there's different ways in which you can pay uh, for advice and there's different types of compensation models. So some advisors may earn a commission or sales-related compensation. It's not bad, but it's important for you to know. Other people may receive compensation from your assets owner management. And then last but not least, people may uh, receive compensation in the form of an hourly rate, annual retainer, or fee for the engagement. Yeah, so that's a lot to consider. Rita, another thing that may come up is people may see the term broker when they're looking for an advisor. What is the difference between an advisor, and a broker? How do you kind of think about those those jobs? What kind of services do they provide um, that distinguish those two? Sure. And this is a very important distinction. And when this comes up, people are like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. So the world has evolved. Um, what I mean is back in the day, you had stockbrokers that would reach out to their clients and sell products. People still do that. But now with online trading, a lot of consumers, investors can execute those trades on their own. But the biggest takeaway or distinction between a broker versus an investment advisor is this. Brokers, their advice is suitable, right? Whereas an investment advisor they are held to a higher standard, which is the fiduciary standard. And certified financial planners, we are held to a fiduciary standard. This is really important. And so what does that mean? The distinction is when something is suitable, you just need to make sure that that's appropriate. When something is in best interest, that means it's consistent with the client's 
unique personal and financial circumstances. So being a fiduciary means that I put my client's needs and priorities above mine versus just the advice being suitable. Yeah, this is super important because basically what you're saying is not all financial advisors are fiduciaries. So if you're looking for someone who really is going to put your best interest first versus putting their own best interest first, such as making a high sales commission on a particular product that they recommend, if you want somebody to truly be looking out for you, you do need to make sure that your advisor is a fiduciary. You mentioned online trading. And so this is something that we're seeing a lot more of is robo-advisors. What is a robo-advisor? And and how does that compare with the types of services you offer? So robo-advisors. Robo-advisors are a type of financial advisor. I'm putting financial advisor in air quotes because it might not be human. It could be an algorithm or a firm that provides investment management with moderate to minimal human intervention. Basically, a broad-based term that has the ability to provide investment advice at lower cost at scale. Got it. So we're talking about some online platforms, um, opportunities to invest money, but maybe not getting uh, particular advice or any specific advice uh, based on your needs. So would you say that's kind of the main difference if you're really looking for more personalized guidance, a robo advisor or platform may not be right for you. You know, you might want to consider working directly with a with a, a, a real human advisor. No, absolutely. And you know what I have seen? I've actually seen younger clients and, and there could be some older clients, but I've actually seen this happen. Younger clients may want to work with a robo advisor for portfolio management but they still want to talk to a human being about other matters related to their personal finance. What do you mean? What's the best way for me to pay my student loans? We're getting ready to start a family. You know, how much life insurance do I need? You know, oh my goodness, now that we've started our family, we are thinking we need more space. How do I buy that house? And so, yes, you are 100% correct that Robo-advisors are going to focus more on like the portfolio, but if you want to have conversations about what's um, appropriate for your unique personal situation, that's where customized, individualized um, financial advice can make a lot of sense. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So I think when somebody is, is starting this whole process of you know, how do I find an advisor? Do I need an advisor? What would you recommend are some good ways to, you know, just simply find somebody who's right for you? I mean, certainly if you've got a friend or family member who's got a relationship with a financial advisor that they like and trust, that that may be a good place to start. Are there any other resources or ways to know, you know, if somebody truly is a good advisor? You know, how do you vet somebody? Um, What's kind of the process that consumers should go through to make sure they're going to be dealing with somebody who's trustworthy and reputable? So the first thing that I tell people, ask for referrals, but personal finance is personal. And I even tell this to people who reach out to me. Just as much as somebody is interviewing me, I'm interviewing them. I don't do day trading. I do planning first. I will not accept your money under management unless we do planning. That's just how I work. You may like that. You may not. So I tell people, ask for referrals. And it's okay to talk to two or three more people. I mean, I tell people I want you to talk to people. That's important. So I'm going to share some resources for listeners. The first one is letsmakeaplan.org. There's a list of questions that you can ask a planner and you can find a planner in your area. Another resource would be napfa.org. So those are like directories and resources and questions you can ask. The other thing I would do is I would tell people, you want to ask about it if they are a fiduciary, but you can also check their regulatory history. You can go to finra.org. It's called broker check, but it is basically for people who have FINRA licenses And you can check their background there. Another resource is if they do sell insurance as your state insurance regulator. And then we have the SEC. And if they're with a larger investment advisory firm. So resources to find a planner. And then three resources to check the background on your planner. That's terrific. And I'll put the links to those resources in the show notes that are in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com so you can get right to them. So, Rita, I think that what we're talking about is the fact that titles may not mean everything. Just because somebody calls themselves, let's say, a, a financial coach or a financial advisor, you really have to dig under the hood a little bit to figure out what is their designation, what is their specialty, what is their relationship to you? Is there a fiduciary relationship there? And all of this does come back to what you mentioned at the beginning. What do you need? What are you looking for? Are you just looking for help with your tax return? Or are you looking for somebody to really uh, create a plan, answer questions, you know, be kind of an ongoing resource for you? Um, So that's something that, you know, each of us, we have to sort of decide on our own what we need. And then once we reach out to financial professionals, what would you say are some of the questions that, that we should be asking kind of right off the bat to understand if this is the right match? Absolutely. So I think the fiduciary question is really helpful. Um, Then I would say, what services do you offer? 
method of compensation. How do you typically work with your clients? Um, I think the takeaway is consumers, it is okay to be very particular about what you like. And you can also say what you don't like. like I don't want people pitching products. I, I, I don't like it when people don't return my call. So I, I, that's one of the questions I ask. You know, what are you hoping to get out of this relationship? If you've worked with another advisor in the past, what did you like? What didn't you like? So you can see these are open-ended questions, and I get people to express themselves. So I would say that's really helpful for your listeners. That's terrific. And when it comes to working with someone, do you think there is any downside to working with someone remotely versus somebody who, let's say, is in your same town that you may have the opportunity uh, to sit down with face to face? Maybe, you know, a post-COVID world where we'll, we'll be meeting in offices again more frequently. But is there any downside in your mind to working to with a client um, remotely? That, you know, with Zoom technology, client portals, my financial planning software, I can do a screen share. It's safe and secure. You can don't let like zip code be a barrier. However, I certainly respect that you may feel comfortable, you know, working with someone right in your community. That's fine, too. Um, But don't let that alone um, be a barrier to getting help because there's lots of quality advisors who have the ability to serve you remotely. Right. And it really does open up, you know, just a whole world of, of potential advisors when you think about that, um, which, you know, may maybe make it a little bit more confusing for people. Sometimes more choices uh, can be a barrier to making a decision. But I would really encourage people to think about this process and, and kind of making some baby steps toward it. You know, in a lot of cases, people need an advisor before they actually think they need an advisor. <laughs> you know, by the time they think, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I need help. They really should have been talking to an advisor probably years prior to that situation. So it's a good idea to kind of find an advisor earlier rather than later. And you may not, you know, need to have an ongoing communication with that advisor on a monthly basis. But but having that contact, knowing who that person is, them being familiar with your situation, like you said, Rita, there are so many aspects of a person's life that goes into this personal financial advice um, that they may be seeking, um, having somebody who really knows you, who understands your situation and, and can help you with things like, should I take a new job? You know, should I, uh, you know, make a big move here and there? Um, that person will be available to you. So that's my advice. I know a lot of people, including my parents, who really waited until the last minute. I mean, they were retired before they wanted to find someone to manage their money. And they were really scrambling. And it's something that they probably should have done decades earlier. Um, And fortunately, they did find somebody. But I think they could have made a lot better uh, decisions and choices leading up to retirement if they had been working with this person 
far in advance. So there's definitely some advantages there to having somebody who knows you. Rita, thank you so much for your advice. This has been really helpful. Um, I think this is going to kind of cut through the confusion for a lot of people who may be on the fence about using a financial advisor and hopefully make them feel a little bit more confident about that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And really what I want is for everybody to have the opportunity to gain clarity, confidence, and control over their financial lives. Clarity about the options available to them. The confidence to know that the decisions they made are the ones that are right for them. And then control. It's okay to be a control freak. We can't control the uh, financial markets or interest rates, but we can control how we plan and how we react. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Before we go, I want to quickly recap the three ways that various financial advisors and investment brokers get paid for their services and advice. Number one is commission-based. This is when a commissioned broker recommends a particular investment product. It could be a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund, and it would include either a load, which is a fee that comes out of your account, or the product company could pay that broker directly without charging you. Working with an advisor that gets paid on commission is not necessarily a disadvantage. However, it may create a conflict of interest. For instance, the advisor may only recommend products that pay them the most, even if they're not the best for you. Therefore, if you use a commission-based financial advisor, always make sure that they are a fiduciary. Rita and I talked about that in the interview. That means they have a legal obligation to put your interests above their own. The second type of payment structure is fee only. This is when a financial advisor does not sell any products. They don't receive any commissions and they typically operate as fiduciaries. They may get paid an hourly rate, a fixed monthly or annual retainer, or even a percentage of the investment portfolio that they manage. A typical fee could range from 1% to 3% of your total asset value for a portfolio arrangement. For example, if your advisor manages $100,000 for you, their fee could be $1,000 a year. And the third payment arrangement is fee-based. Fee-based financial advisors kind of blend the two models that I just talked about, the commission only and the fee only. They may sell investment products for a commission. They may charge a fee calculated as a percentage of your portfolio or both. So it could create a similar conflict of interest as a commission-only fee structure. No one payment model for a financial advisor is inherently right or wrong or good or bad. What's essential is that you understand their fees and you believe that the advisor will help you achieve your financial goals in light of how they get paid. So always discuss fees with a potential advisor and get it in writing so that you have it very clearly stated before you begin working together. Before we wrap up, I want to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at Laura D. Adams. Another great way to stay in touch is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. You can search for it on Facebook or text the word dollars, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444. 
and I will send you an invitation to the group. And if you have a money question or a comment, please leave a voicemail message by calling 302-364-0308. You can also visit lauradadams.com where you'll find my contact page and a whole lot more about me, my books, and online courses. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Beata Santora. If you've been enjoying the podcast, do me a quick favor and rate and review the show. That really helps new listeners find us and understand what the show is all about. And don't forget that the backlist episodes and show notes are always available in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.